This is Wessler Media. For me, I'm a pastor, and I deal with real people, people just like you every day, people that have a hurt or they have something going on, and they're trying to figure out, how do I deal with this? And I always know Jesus has the answer. He has that next step for you. Let's open up the Word today and see what God will say specifically to you. So do you know what the five lies are that keep us from sharing our Christian faith? Do you know what the five lies are that keep you from really sharing your personal spiritual life with other people? Well, today on Your Next Step, we're going to talk about those five lies. Don't go anywhere. I want you to be a part of this. See, Christmas time is one of those times when you and I get to talk about our faith. It is really the most natural easy time of year to talk about what it means to be a Christian because we have Christmas music on, the decorations are out, the lights are everywhere. You have multiple ways of saying to somebody, I'm a Christian. My life has been forever changed by the truth that Jesus Christ came, he died on a cross, he was buried, and he rose again. And that truth is real. It's a historical fact. It's changed my life. But what happens is, Sometimes we think, well, you know, my spiritual life is really personal. I don't, I don't have to share that with everybody. Well, it may be personal, but you have a responsibility because of what God has done for you to bring people in on that. You know, I looked at this quote by Kirk Cameron. He said, you know, if you had the cure for cancer, you'd have to share that, right? I mean, you'd want to share that, wouldn't you? that's the way we feel about the gospel of Jesus Christ. So here on Your Next Step today, we're going to talk about how to share our faith and the five lies that keep us from that. This is actually a Christmas celebration. Let's join together. I love being a part of this neighborhood. I enjoy being a part of a community like you. See, that's part of it. That, that celebration, it comes out of your relationship with God. We have answers for our generations. You have answers for your generation, but you have answers for the generation above you and the ones that are younger than you, whoever you are. You have answers because of your relationship with God. And and Jesus, if we're doing this the Jesus way, he shows us how to do it. In Matthew chapter 9, verse 35 through 37, Jesus went through all the towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom, kingdom and healing every disease and sickness. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like a sheep without a shepherd, separated from the herd, vulnerable. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Do you hear Jesus just just plea with the disciples? He said, guys, can you not see the pain they're in? Can you not see the loneliness? Can you not see the world around you? How they they have no one to gather them and say, come on, it's going to be okay. We're going to be okay. That's what mom and dad Godby are doing today. They're going around their community. They're going around the people and they say, we're going to be okay. Yes, that storm shook us. But we remember what's most important in our life right now, don't we? We we have something strong. We're not alone. We're together. See, that's what you and I do every day. Every day, 
We walk around and we encourage people. We point them towards the light. We point them towards it. So what should I do? Do what Jesus did. Look closely at your community. Who needs good news? Who do you see right now that needs a little bit of encouragement? Do you know the people that live around you on the apartment building that you're in, in, in your neighborhood? Do you know the people that, that, that work in, in your office space? Do you know the people in your class? Do you know the people on your floor? Do you know the people around you? See, you and I have to pause for just a second. We have to, we have to just say, whoa, whoa, whoa. Take a breath. God, what would you have me see in the world around me right now? And how should I respond as you would have me respond? That's what I call the Corey Ten Boom prayer. She used to pray that. Lord, help me see the people around me today as you would have me see them and respond accordingly. She walked into a prison camp in the middle of the Holocaust, sharing Jesus every day. Folks, I think I can, I can love the people of Columbus. That's an easy assignment. See, that's the kingdom of God. That's what, that's what this is all about. Respond with compassion, not judgment or frustration over the broken hearts around you. When Jesus saw the people, he saw, oh man, the lies, the harassment that they're getting, it's not right. That's why I've come. Finally, share the kingdom message. Proclaim that God created you. Proclaim that there is hope in Jesus Christ. Christmas is your free pass to talk about God. I just love Christmas time. Why do you love Christmas time? Because of Christ, the Messiah. There are people that will never darken the doors of church, but they will come because you invite them at Christmas. I know a family a couple of years ago. I don't even know what I was doing. I said, why don't you come on Christmas Eve? Because of their cultural background, they felt like they had to come. I didn't know that. Since then, I now know that. And so I invite lots of people from their cultural background. Woo-hoo! I love it. See, some of you, you're like, sure, I'll be there. And then you're just lying to the pastor. Shame on you. Shame on you. All right. They came, but they brought their friends. And their friends started coming every Christmas Eve. Their friends moved to Pennsylvania, and then they would drive back on Christmas Eve to be here. They came with their baby one year. I remember standing back there, and they said, would you pray over our baby? And I knew they were from a different religious background. I said, you realize I'm a pastor, yeah? I said, can I pray anything I want to pray? They said, yep. All right, give me the baby. Lord Jesus, I thank you for this life. It's created by you. I pray your blessing over from the top of his head to the soles of its feet. I pray that one day this child will proclaim you, Jesus, as Lord. That he'll do well in school, be strong and healthy for your glory in your name. Amen. There you go. (laughs) They kept coming to Christmas Eve for several years. I know others. Weather doesn't look good. I don't think I'm going to make it. Why? Why? Why, why, why do we struggle over this? Why? What's going on in our world? What's, what's happening to us? I love this quote from Moses. Sometimes you read the Bible and you don't think about who's saying it. This is Moses. I will proclaim the name of the Lord. Oh, praise the greatness of our God. That's Moses. See, you and I have a, an invitation to proclaim the message of God. In Exodus, God speaks to the people. This is what he said. But I have spared you for a purpose. 
to show you my power and to spread my fame throughout the earth. So God has spared you in my life. He's paid our debt in full that you and I might share it with others. Hmm. You mean it wasn't just for me to have a good time? It wasn't for me just to be free of my sin? It wasn't just, no. The reason God spared you, yes, is for you to have freedom, but to use that freedom for good. See, the reason, the reason I'm excited about the church being paid off in their debt is because it, it frees us, right? How would it change your life to be freed from financial debt? How would it impact your relationships? See, when Jesus died on the cross for you, it freed you to have true, meaningful relationships with other people. You now don't have the baggage of the anger, the bitterness, the self-centeredness, the hatred. Yeah. See, the point of the cross is to take away that which makes me broken, that which makes me the sad part of humanity. I couldn't overcome it in my own strength. I needed Christ to deliver me. And we celebrate that at Christmas. Recently, recently, I was at a friend's house and they said, have you had mega stuff Oreos? I said, excuse me? Don't you mean double stuff? They said, no. These are mega stuff. I'm like, okay, get them out, you know. And I'm like, wow, these are really good. You know when you triple the sugar? It has a big impact. Now, what, what was interesting to me about that is that why is it that we're excited to share about mega stuff? But Jesus, uh, a little bit hard. Don't want to offend anybody. I love this quote from Kirk Cameron. Now, you need to know I like Kirk Cameron. He, he's a neat guy. You know, um, if, if you're probably over 40, you probably know him from growing pains. Jennifer still considers him a heartthrob. That's fine. I won. Okay? I won. All right? But listen to what Kirk Cameron has to say. He said, if you had the cure for cancer, wouldn't you share it? You have the cure for death. Get out there and share it. Why would we be silent if we're truly believers? Recently, another friend said to me, hey, have you been to Sheets? I said, can you say that one more time? (laughs) Sheets. I sleep on Sheets. What are you talking about? S-H-E-E-T-Z. I said, help me. It's, it, they said, it's where you fuel up, but it's, it's also a convenience store. They've, they've got one over there uh, on, on West Broad Street where, where Sears used to be and, and, and the old mall, Westland Mall. You know, I was like, oh, okay. They said, it's amazing. I'm like, it's a gas station. Oh, no. You can order food there, comfort food. I mean, it's really good. I mean, this person was going on and on and on and on about sheets. And as I'm sitting there thinking, I know this person, I love this person, I thought, I wonder if they talk that convincingly about the church next door. You know, they put up a snow globe. We got to get inside and take our picture. We got to ice skate. Part of the reason we do that is because 
we do want you to have an experience that is shareable to a world that is real. You, you understand what I'm saying? But if we stop there and we don't talk about the real meaning, the real purpose of why we gather, if we're only a church because we do cool pictures, then that's not a good reason. It's, it's about the gospel. It's about the good news of Jesus. And, and, and so I thought maybe we ought, to, we ought to unpack some of the lies that keep us apart or keep us from sharing or sometimes we even believe, and so we kind of keep God at a distance. And, and I want to kind of try to do this kind of quickly, but, but can I, I, I got to say something to you. The other, the other day, I'm, I'm on my phone. I, I got this new sprayer because, you know, we're redoing our house, and I'm doing some painting. I'm trying to learn how to use it. And so like every good young modern person, I Google how to use this sprayer, how to set it up, because I don't want to read the manual, all right? It's a lot faster to watch the two-minute setup video that, I don't know, some dude in his garage made, all right? And, 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 or do that. It's okay. I, I don't care who shows me how. And I'm watching this, but then in my feed below it, there's this other guy, and he's talking about pouring concrete. And so when I get done with my, my video, this other thing just pops into my feed. And you need to know, like, I don't know, four weeks ago, I poured some concrete myself, and it was at the last minute. I thought, well, maybe I'll, I'll learn some more. I, I've poured concrete before. And this guy is saying some crazy things. He's like saying, he's like, he's like, so you want to pour some concrete? All you need is, is a few boards. And he said, you do it like this. And he, and he said, you know, if you see a truck in your neighborhood, go knock on the concrete truck driver's door and say, hey, man, when you're done, would you mind? I'll give you 20 bucks. Would you come over and just give me some concrete? He said, it'll work every time. And I'm going, dude is crazy. But he's really convincing. You know what I'm saying? Like he, is, like he is convinced that you can do this. And he's trying to convince you how you can pour. I watch on a little bit more and he said, if you'll stop by the hardware store and buy this self-leveling compound that they use on floors and pitch it in there, it'll self-level your concrete. At that point, I'm like, baloney, all right? And what you and I have seen is this. We live in a world that is convinced, or at least they, they talk really convicted or with conviction about these lies that they live under. And so you and I, we listen to the lies and we begin to believe, well, maybe there's some truth there. After I got to a certain little point in the video, I realized if I just looked at the notes that it was a bunch of baloney. This guy was just trying to get hits on his YouTube channel. And you and I live in a world where lies are being pre presented on a daily basis, extremely convincingly. And if you go by the person's demeanor and just the manner in which they share it, it does not mean that it's truth. So here are four lies. Number one, number one, my, my spiritual life is personal. Now, what's interesting about this, if you'd asked that 40 years ago, okay, if you'd asked the generation, they would have said that's the way they viewed their, they went to church, they loved God, but they didn't want to share it. It's new. Today, the new, uh, my, my spiritual life is personal, means something totally different today, and you need to understand that. And, and, and there is a kernel of truth here. Your spiritual life is personal, all right? 
The the scripture, it says for us in in multiple places, I've hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. That's a personal relationship with God. In in Matthew 6, when you pray, go away by yourself, shut the door behind you and pray to your father in private. Then your father who sees everything will reward you. That's true. There is a personal relationship in your relationship with God, but it does not end there. Because God has always had a people, and he's always invited us into community. And if you and I want to somehow say that we don't need the community of faith, that we don't need Jesus as he wanted us, he said, you need to be a part of community. It's why he had 12 disciples. It's why wherever he went, he talked to crowds. See what I'm saying? It's just perfectly illogical. But this is what we're saying. In the same way that I walk into Starbucks... And they say, hey, give me a vinte with a, with a shot of this and a squirt of that and a little bit of this because I believe that I'm making the most unique Doyle drink ever. And so we think that our spirituality ought to be like our Starbucks. And that I'm going to create my own religion, my own spirituality that fits just me. Do you realize that the core of that is a belief that you are God? Right down to the religion that you create for yourself? There is no humility. There is no recognition that there is something broken in me, that there's something broken with all humanity. Can you imagine? I I actually actually said this last hour, and and a a couple football players were here from OSU. I said, can you imagine going to Ryan Day and saying, you know, Coach, I just got to do it my way. I'm my own kind of player. This whole team player thing ain't working for me. Yeah, buddy. You can go home, and I'll make sure you get there right now. That's what we're saying to God. We're saying, God, you don't get to say anything about the way I live. I don't even want to believe in you right now because it's inconvenient to my moral goals that I've decided to adjust according to what your standard was, and I've got my own moral standards. See, this whole idea that my spiritual life is personal really is a belief that I'm going to create my own religion around me that fits just me, and I don't need to be a part of organized religion. The question that we have to ask is, is it working? It's not. The invitation of God is a relationship to Him that, that enables you to have a healthy relationship with the rest of the world around you human and nature. Second lie that we use is my personality isn't suited for church. So what we say is, you know, I'm just not an organized religion kind of person. You know, my personality, I'm just an introvert. And then we go through, you know, if you, when you take my personality test, I'm an Enneagram, whatever. I'm a Myers-Briggs. We come up with all these. Listen, we so focused on ourselves that we haven't recognized that we are part of a larger group of people called humanity. This is why we're divided and we're we're harming one another. We think I have a right. No. Your personality was designed for relationship. And so you and I need the church. We need one another. We are suited for the body of Christ. I already have a community of friends. This is another excuse we say. You know, I've got my friends at work, or I've got my friends at school. I've got my, you know, and because of Facebook and groups now, you can create a group for people that hop on one foot with green hair, that like Tuesday the best, and have kittens. I don't know, you know. 
And, and you, we, we, we've so segmented ourselves down to these little groups, and we find our identity in those. And I'm not against that, okay? It's great if you've got a, a group of people that identifies with where you're at and what you're learning and what you're doing, but that's very different from a group of people that's interested in a relationship with God, that believes that their origin comes from Him, that they find their meaning from Him, that, that He has established what it is to be moral and how I treat one another and where I will ultimately be. And, 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 and the reason that becomes important is you need that. You need other people that are working through the rough edges. Because see, at church, someone shares with me and I'm like, oh, wow, I was making that mistake. I am making that mistake. I need to change. God help me. See, that when, when you and I are together, in, in life together, committed to one another, this is why we do small groups. This is why we do ministry teams. It's, it's why people show up on the tower every week because they want to do life with other people and they want to talk about life. They want to do something that matters, that's meaningful for them, and that's healthy for them. And it's, I'm doing life that matters, and I feel better because I know I'm not alone in this. Uh-oh, the loneliness is gone. Do you realize that just inviting people to come to church with you or to, to test out a ministry team with you? One of the teenagers that, that volunteers around here this morning had a friend shadowing with them. Hmm. Why? Because they're inviting them to do life with them. See, you and I, we need our community of friends, but we still need the, the body of believers. You need people that are hashing out the real difficulty things in life. Number four, I love this one. I'm focusing my attention on my family right now, and so I've just kind of put the pause on the whole religion thing and, and, and those things. I'm just going to stay at home. We're going to have worship together. You know, I had a really bad experience once. Well, when was it? It was, it was 1972. Wow. That must have been bad, you know. Listen, we use it as an excuse, see? And what's happened is we're getting separated from the people that add value to us and give us strength. Listen, I, I believe you need to invest in your family. In this place, we invest a large amount of resources in children, in youth, in family, because we want to help you. But what happens is this. When you and I come together, we all agree that God is our creator, our origin. We all agree that meaning comes from a relationship with him and, and walking as Christ did, and we all believe that there are certain shared values of what's right and wrong, morality, and where we'll ultimately be, then we become a part of a family that's going to reunite one day in heaven around the marriage supper of the Lamb, and this family is for eternity. Wow. Mind-blowing. And, 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 and this idea somehow that I need to take a break from God, it doesn't work out. I've watched it way too much. Somehow we hit the pause button and we somehow never hit the play again. It's like one of those videos you're watching and you got kind of bored with it and you hit pause on it and you never finished it. That's what we do to God. It's dangerous for our spirituality. It's dangerous for our future. Miss part of the show today and want to hear more? Well, you are invited to download and subscribe to Your Next Step on all major podcasting platforms. When we gather together like this every day, I think it's really important that we, we think about how are we inviting God into this situation. So every day, I want to take a little bit of a moment to pray 
to ask God to move in our world. There's so many people that need to come to know the Lord. So today, that's our focus. We're going to pray for peace and the salvation that only Christ Jesus can bring. Lord, I'm reminded of your word in John chapter 20, when after your resurrection, you met with the disciples. And you said to them, peace be with you. You breathed on them and said, peace be with you. Lord, that is when they were truly saved because you were resurrected. You had been glorified. You said that that, 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 that was the key thing. So Lord, today we are asking you to breathe on us. Some of us have never accepted you. Some of us have never prayed the prayer, Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Well, right now we, we say, yes, Lord, breathe on us. We receive your peace. We receive your forgiveness from sins. We declare that you are our Lord and our Savior, and we need that peace, Lord, that wholeness, that shalom that makes us whole and complete. Only the living God, only our Creator could do that for us. And Jesus, today we confess that you are our Savior. We have to admit that we are like Thomas. We've had some doubts. Well, today we receive your peace. Today we declare there's no longer any unsettled ground. Lord, we welcome you, the Prince of Peace, the Lord of life, the one who conquered death. You took the keys of hell and death. We welcome you to be our Savior. We welcome you. And Lord, we've prayed this prayer before, some of us, and some of us, this is our first time. It doesn't matter. Today, we're declaring that this is the day of our salvation. This is the day of our new life. Cause us to blossom, to grow in your peace. In the name of Jesus, our Lord and Savior, we pray. Amen. Wow, that was so good. Didn't you enjoy that prayer? Well, would you like more help learning to pray? Then go to yournextstepnow.com. That's right, yournextstepnow.com. Give us your email and we'll give you our free prayer guide. It's an ebook. You can download it, you'll have it right there. And you can join us daily as we learn to pray. We ask God for great things. You know, it will change your life to pray daily. And we need your help, we need your support, your prayer support. So give us your email today at yournextstepnow.com. This has been Your Next Step, a ministry of The Church Next Door in Columbus, Ohio. We hope this has been an encouragement to you as you seek to have a deeper faith in Christ. If you'd like to hear today's show again or share it with a friend, look for Your Next Step on all major podcasting platforms. We'd love to see you soon at The Church Next Door. Easily find our service times and our app. I'm Pastor Doyle Jackson. Join us again next time for Your Next Step. I believe you're going to find people that have a genuine love for God and a genuine zeal for the truth. You don't have to dress super fancy. It's so lively and it's so much fun and just you leave like, oh, so refreshed. And I know I keep saying family, but that's what this place is for me. It's family. I'm Doyle Jackson, pastor of the church next door. People keep telling me how good it is to worship God together again. Well, Come join us. Visit us online at thechurchnextdoor.org. Stories are a way we relate to one another. It's hard to underestimate their importance. 
Wessler Media is here to help you preserve those stories that you hold dear. We'll produce a personal podcast, an audio scrapbook that will preserve those memories for generations to come. Get in touch today. Call toll-free or text 1-833-38-STORY, 1-833-38-STORY, or visit wesslermedia.com. That's W-E-S-S-L-E-R media.com. The production you just heard was carefully crafted at the studios of Wessler Media. For more powerfully engaging podcasts and other audio content, visit wesslermedia.com. Stories of overcoming adversity, intense and unexpected twists and turns, education, encouragement, and plenty of those, did you hear that, moments. Hear more and talk to us about creating your own podcast, from large and detailed projects to smaller, more personal-sized productions. That's wesslermedia.com. W-E-S-S-L-E-R-Media.com.